So good to be back again this week, being able to look at the armor of God. But before we do that, I want to take just a minute and encourage uh, each of you to be in contact with your Connect Group leader, uh, college students, uh, be in touch with your leaders, uh, all of our youth, your leaders. We met last night and had an incredible conversation uh, about how their groups have been going. And so I really encourage all of our students to be involved in these Zoom meetings. Uh, it's different, but yet it's so much fun to get to see each other. Also, for the youth, I want to encourage you to join our group me that we have. Uh, it's just a fun uh, time for conversation so that you can uh, stay connected with what's going on in the youth group and also uh, just have some fun together as well through some text messaging. So uh, those are a couple of ways that you can be connected uh, as we continue to go forward uh, in these new times for right now. And uh, we look forward to when we get to meet together and uh, this room is filled with youth and laughter and uh, basketballs and random games and music and everything else as well. But to start with tonight, uh, we're going to continue to look at the armor of God. Uh, our text will be verse 15 from uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, but we're going to look at the, the whole section again just to continue to give it its, its context because that really lays the foundation for why uh, the point, why, why we're looking specifically at the, the feet and the shoes tonight. But this is what it says. Verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore. Having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And this is the verse that we're going to focus on today. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. It's interesting as we are in these difficult times, how they reveal what people consider to be their greatest needs. As you walk through the grocery store at Kroger or Walmart and walk down the aisles, you'll realize that, that people are, are looking for meat and canned goods and uh, bread, those kind of things, but they're, they're hard to find them there. But yet if you walk through the candy aisle, it's not deemed essential. For some reason during this whole time, it has been uh, important for everyone to get enough toilet paper to last for five years. Uh, but yet, uh, the virus doesn't even affect that. But people have seen toilet paper as an essential, as one of their greatest needs during this difficult time. So meat, bread, canned goods, toilet paper, they see that as some of their greatest needs during this time. But my question is, for today, what is our greatest need? What is it for all of us that, that we truly need. And, and my contention today is that our need 
is to have peace with God. That that is our ultimate and greatest need that we can possibly have because all of us are born under God's wrath. Every single one of us are sinners in rebellion against him. But yet Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14, as you look back earlier in this, it tells us that he himself is our peace. He is the one who reconciles us back to himself that even though we're enemies against God, he has made a way for us to have peace and to enter into a relationship with him, to be brought from enemies to his family. And what an incredible peace it is that, that we can have that relationship with the God of the universe. It is the gospel of peace that we're looking at today in verse 15. Just to reemphasize it, it says, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Shoes were of vital importance to the soldier. In fact, that famous historian that we hear so much from, uh, from during this time period, Josephus, uh, once said that shoes were part of the reason why Roman soldiers were successful, while they were able to conquer much of what they knew of the world at this time, because their shoes allowed them to travel long ways, and, and their shoes gave them stability in the fight. Their shoes were so important to them, and it led to their success. But Paul, once again, is is strapped to he's chained to these these roman guards and he's looking at their their armor and he's saying look we can take this armor and we can apply it to the christian life we can see how this is played out in our spiritual lives and he looks at the shoes something that that we don't typically think about even though we have tons of shoes and shoes for all kinds of different occasions he looks at the shoes and he says these are the shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace So how can we look at the shoe imagery and be more prepared or ready as followers of Christ? The interesting part of of all this, shoes protected the soldier from the traps of the enemy. One of the the tactics that they had during this time frame was that they would hide traps under things and and they would be sharp, um, sharp sticks and stakes that would pierce the foot of the soldier and render that soldier useless. He wouldn't see it coming. He would step on it. And even the mightiest soldier is brought down to his knees when something pierces his foot and he's no longer able to stand. Well, that is true. If we don't have the the right shoes on, the shoes of the gospel of peace, then we're not going to be effective as Christian soldiers as well, as people who are living for the Lord and and trying to make a difference in the kingdom of darkness for the kingdom of light. So the shoes of the gospel of peace allow us to avoid the traps of Satan as well. I have three traps that I think that we need to avoid today so that we are sure that we are wearing the shoes of the gospel of peace. The first trap that we need to avoid is the trap of culture. So many times we try to take the gospel and make it more palatable to unbelievers. We try to take the gospel and and change it or, or soften it because we realize that the gospel is offensive to people. And so we, we try to change it and we shouldn't because the gospel has to stay true for the way that God created it and proclaimed it to us. 
One of the ways that you see this uh, came across in a survey that LifeWay did back in 2018 where they surveyed uh, quite a few evangelicals and 51% of evangelical, these are Christians, people professing faith in Christ, when surveyed said that God accepts worship from all religions. That is cultural, not biblical. That is the culture trapping Christians into saying things that the Bible tells us is not true. As we look at this passage, it tells us having to put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. That is a, a tying back into the standing firm of verse 14, the standing of verse 14. We need to stand without compromise on what the gospel is. One of the interesting things about the shoes that the Roman soldiers would wear was they were kind of like cleats. They were shoes that, that if they were engaged in hand-to-hand battle, then the shoes would dig in and give them a firm standing that they could fight and be confident in their standing there. We have to be people who are not compromising, who are firm in our standing of the gospel, that we, we, we are solid in our footing. It's almost like you have these two linemen going at it in football, right? The offensive lineman and the defensive lineman. If you have that, the one wearing cleats versus the one wearing tennis shoes, the cleats are going to have more stability and, and more push because he's grounded in the truth. And that truth is the gospel that Christ alone is the way to eternity, that he alone is our peace, that he alone is our good news. Good news that's beyond what we could possibly imagine. Good news that even though we were far from God, he reconciles us and brings us back and gives us peace with him. So we must, we can, with these shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace, avoid the trap of culture. But we also can avoid the trap of complacency. Right now, there's, you may have that extra time in your day. You may have some freedom. Students, I know right now you're probably bored and going crazy of being inside your home if you're you know, staying home as much as they tell us that we're supposed to be. But when we put on those shoes, the shoes of the gospel of peace, we know that we have a purpose. And as we look at this, we want to make sure that we're keeping these shoes on. This isn't something that you take on or take off and put back on. Remember, our battle that we're talking about, the spiritual warfare that we are called to here in Ephesians chapter 6, this is a battle that is taking place every day that we have to be mindful of. We cannot become complacent in the battle, but know that we have been given these shoes for a purpose. Each kind of shoes that we wear... We wear them for a reason. If you wear hiking boots, you wear them so you can go uh, hiking into the woods. If you wear cleats, it's because you're playing a, a sporting event. Or tennis shoes, you're wearing them to play tennis. Or running shoes to run. Or, or dress shoes to look nice. You have all these different shoes that have a purpose. But the gospel is the purpose for our entire lives. Your feet are, the, are those part, that part of the body that oftentimes are neglected, forgotten about. But yet, here is Paul giving us purpose with every step that we take as we stand firm. You see, our shoes give us mobility. They give us the ability to go places and to take the gospel of peace with us as we go. 
Longview Point, my challenge for, for all of us is to be creative in the methods that we use to share and demonstrate the gospel. You see, the message doesn't change. The gospel is the same. He is the one who gives us peace. It's in Christ. But the methods that we go about proclaiming the gospel can be so different. The, the, the methods can, can be so creative because God has given us that ability He's given us technology. He's given us art. He's given us uh, language. He's given us so many different ways that we can proclaim his truth to people who need to hear it. And so we need to avoid complacency because we realize that the gospel cannot be quarantined. The gospel can go forth and impact the kingdom in incredible ways. It will. We can go into hard places with the gospel. The shoes give us that firmness, give us that confidence. And I think about the missionaries who have counted the costs and have gone into areas of war, famine, areas of cannibals, and yet they have peace in their eternal standing with God. God is calling us to live our lives on purpose and not complacent. These are the shoes that we have been given of the readiness given by the gospel of peace. To avoid the trap of culture, to avoid the trap of complacency. And finally, we can avoid the trap of uncertainty. We have assurance in whose we are. If a soldier is unsure of his standing, if a soldier is not confident in his footwear, if he's not uh, sure that he's on solid ground as he's standing there about to engage in battle, then he's not going to be in a very effective soldier. But we as followers of Christ can be confident in who we are in Christ. You see, the world tries to give us peace from the outside. It's saying, look, you're anxious, you're nervous, you're um, having difficult times right now. Well, go find some entertainment for a little while. Just go watch a movie for a little bit, and it'll just help it to go away. Go just hang out with your friends for a little bit, and, and then you'll be okay. But Christ alone is the only one who can give us lasting peace. All those other things may give us a, a temporary peace. They may be okay for a little while. They may uh, help for just a little bit. But if we want to truly find peace, it's found in the gospel and knowing who Christ is and that he cares for us. He alone can give us that lasting peace. So if you are in Christ, my, my encouragement to you is to have assurance. Know where you stand in Christ. Know that there's not a single day that you are beyond the reach of his grace. And honestly, when you wake up every single morning, knowing that you're about to enter into the spiritual warfare that we're talking about, knowing that you're called to live a life of purpose, as you wake up in the morning, think of Romans 5.8. That tells us that Christ demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It is his power that saves us. It is his uh, love that compels us. It is who he is that should take away our doubts, 
our uncertainty and even our hesitancy to live for him. You see, as believers, we don't have to live in this constant state of worry and concern and doubt and fear. But instead, we can live a life that is full of peace and assurance. Knowing who it is that holds our future. To have peace doesn't mean that life is always smooth. It's not this crystal clear pond where where there are no ripples in it. To know that you truly have peace, you have to go through difficult times. But to have the biblical peace is to be able to glorify Christ and to, to have joy even in the darkest storms of your life. The deepest challenges. But we can have peace because we are secure in Him. Students, don't let anything come against that. But know that you are in Christ and that nothing can pluck you from His hand. We have peace because Christ has already acted on our behalf. And He did that by bringing us salvation through His death on the cross, through His resurrection from the grave, and so that we can live for Him and have life eternal. So here's my point for today. Find your peace in the gospel of Christ and let it impact every aspect of your life. Don't look for peace in anything else. All other ground is sinking sand, but on Christ, the solid rock I stand, He is our peace. He is our hope. He is our future. And so, families, as you get to sit and talk about some of the things that we've covered just in this brief time tonight, here are a few questions for you to discuss with your family. One, have you asked Christ to fulfill your greatest need? Has there ever been a part of a point in your life where you realize that you are far from God, you are under his wrath, and you need the peace of the good news of Christ? I pray that you as a family will have that conversation and that parents, if there's a student that that needs to, to enter into that relationship with Christ, that that will happen tonight as you get to walk them through that. My second question is, what are other ways that culture tries to shape your view of of God? We talked about how there is a trap of culture. What else? We talked about, you know, how they are trying to, culture will try to tell you that there's all these different ways to God or different ways to worship God. But what are some other ways that culture tries to shape your view of God? Number three. And I think this one's so important for us as believers because so many times we think of the gospel to save us, but we miss out on the gospel in everyday life. So my question for number three is, how does the gospel shape your life daily? Are you just going through the motions? Are you actually thinking through, how does this decision, how is this decision impacted by the gospel, by Christ's love for me and his purpose in my life? Number four, and I think this is so important as well for times like this, but do you typically operate from a position of peace or a position of anxiety? What would you say marks your life more? 
peace or anxiety? Because we have a peace in the gospel. And number five, what are some ways you can share the gospel or demonstrate God's love to others this week? How can we continue to proclaim the gospel in our actions and our words and and everything that we do? Even if we're stuck in our homes, even if we're limited in in some of our face-to-face interactions, what can we tangibly do to help expand God's kingdom across the street and around the world? Is that encouraging another believer? Or is that taking, uh, sharing the gospel with someone who maybe has never heard before? But take advantage of that today. So I hope that from our time together of looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15, the shoes for your feet, the readiness given by the gospel of peace, that you are encouraged, that you feel God's peace in your life, and that you know that Christ is the one who reconciles us back to him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the gift of peace that you give to our lives, that we can know you as our heavenly Father, that we can enter into that relationship with you, that while we were still sinners, that you sent your Son, Christ, to die for us. So, Father, I just pray for, for those who are listening right now that that they will experience your peace, that no matter what this world throws at them or throws at us, that we will know that you are faithful, that you are near, that you genuinely care about us, that you are a compassionate God. You are holy, you are righteous, you are all-powerful, and yet you still love us. So, Father, I pray for anyone who does not know you, that that will change tonight as they have heard the truth of, of how you reconcile us to you. And Father, for those of us who do know you, may we walk ever closer to you, having your peace impact every part of our life, a peace that, that transcends understanding, that our lives will be shining a light shining a light to you for others to see our good works and glorify you, our Father in heaven. So we give you all the praise, and it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.